1: Oh, oh, Everybody. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. Today is Wednesday, September second. Uh, as always, our podcast is brought to you by uh, the folks at Dynasty Owner. Thank you for their sponsorship. Uh, my guest slash co-host today is the Welsh, Chris. Chris Welsh. You can follow him on Twitter. Is it Welsh? Uh, you can listen to him in lots of places. The uh, In This League podcast with Scott Bogman. We had Bogman on for the baseball pod. Uh, he does the Prospect One podcast and the Fancy Black Book podcast. Uh, did I get everything right? Is there anything else I can
2: find you at? I mean, you just missed my legal name, The, because it's The Welsh. It is the, the Welsh. The Welsh. So, you know, you, I mean, I'm not very formal, so you could just call me Welsh. You don't have to go by my, uh, you know, my, my God-given name of The Welsh or anything like that. But yeah, right. as you can tell, you and I were talking off air. little overextended kind of got a lot of things it's almost hard sometimes to keep track of with a radio show and prospect one and all the in this league stuff a lot of podcasts but you know jeff you and i we do it because we love it we're passionate about fantasy sports and uh, i like to entertain and talk uh, sports anytime i can exactly and you know i (laughs) it's september it's
1: just insane right now we got playoffs in two leagues we've got baseball going on we're uh Non preseason training camp for the NFL draft season. Uh, I'm, I'm just every day. I've got stuff. I, I did you know two hours a day on XM. I, I do five podcasts a week. I,
2: I'm crazy. doing a Visa and hit after this. It's it's crazy. It's good. It's it, it is, but it's it's really jarring. Like I, I've I haven't fully comprehended this too because like. You know, this time of year, what what, usually because I, you know, I do a baseball, baseball, football, basketball like you got a radio show. We also I do the prospect show. And this time of year is odd because baseball has tapered down. I'm preparing for the fall league with the prospect side. I'm heavy football and then basketball is looming and it's just all connected and we don't know what's coming tomorrow. Like we're playing baseball leagues that we don't really even know how to gauge. It's maybe it's Roto, maybe it's not football. You know, there's a lot of, I I feel like there's a lot of new and different preparation we need to set ourselves up for. Uh, I've been even calling them in some of the mock drafts we've done, like the, the pandy prep mocks where it's like, you know, do you want to be invested on a singular position really high this year, where if you were to draft a tight end, I'm not saying to not draft a tight end, but if you draft a tight end really high and they're gone because of a COVID, which you really can't control, you know, that puts a new wrinkle into it. Having depth where typically don't want to draft, you know, tight ends and quarterbacks as backups. It's just such a weird year where baseball is so entrenched in the football time that you you almost don't know how to comprehend it. And I wonder how much it's going to change fantasy prep and fantasy moving forward into future years of like you know this singular moment could potentially change basketball from starting later and baseball's in a kind of whole new world it's 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 really is crazy man
1: yeah it is it, it really is and baseball is different than it's ever been uh, hell i'm watching Rockies uh and uh giants in the background people were bidding like crazy on tyler rogers this week and he comes in the seventh inning of a game because gabe kapler is the manager and it's a beautiful thing we have no idea what to <laughs> expect at any time but uh, I'm noticing one thing, like I, one thing. We had a, a, a show, uh, did a few segments on stacks on SiriusXM the other day, and then uh, kind of spilled that over into the podcast too. Uh, is this year not to do stacks because of possible COVID outbreaks?
2: Oh man, that's oh that's such a good that's such a good call and such a good idea because whether it's DFS or in season long leagues, stacks are fun and relatively popular. I think it's a good call. I mean, DFS, it's easier to, um, it's right. easier to manage because you can, you know, you can go through your lineups and you can just take care of that on the, the week in week out basis. But yeah, I think there's something to that. You know, like what would be the popular ones? Probably, you know, a Matty Ryan, Julio Jones type of stack people like to do. Yeah. Chiefs, uh, Cowboys, year. Ravens. Chief, you know. Yeah. Chiefs would be the number one. Absolutely. Get a Tyreek Hill. Maybe even get a, if you can get a yeah, Kelsey Hill in Mahomes. I could see people doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a potential for us to overblow all of our overthinking. And that's something I'm trying to avoid pretty heavy is not to overthink everything too much, Mm -hmm. but I want to be more prepared than I have been before, because like I said, so many people are just so quick to be like, even a 12 team, I don't need a backup quarterback. Why would I bother with a second tight end? Like I want to have depth across the board, because like you're saying you could lose a team stack, you could lose multiple players if two teams are going out with it. And I I think you should be more cautious than ever before. And I'm more of like a risk taker. I like to, um, you know, kind of go, go all in sometimes, but this is the year to be safer than, um, than you've ever been before. But uh, that also kind of gives the bigger questions. I don't know if we plan to talk about it, but like even looking at rookies, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire is the talk of everything right now and how we're drafting him and drafting rookies has a, I don't know, has a connotation to me for this season of more risk than ever before. You know, they're not getting time to practice. Right. How much. The, the reps are in question. If they can't pass block or there's any question in pass block, they're going to lose it. It's just, there's more volatility at the rookie position where I feel like I want to avoid it more than I ever have before. But then, you know, a layer is just so exciting. And, uh, I don't know. I think there's a big question surrounding around him with the dynamic of what's going on in the, in the world. Not only, yeah, not only that, but the reporting on all
1: this is so scarce. Uh, okay. you know, it, it's, they're they're being restricted on who's like practicing with which units. Uh, you, you you're kind of relying on the team to you know
2: spoon feed you the information in a lot of cases, especially starting believe, this week. Can you believe that too? By the way, like when yeah. I saw the report of the one of the Packers reporters being told that not only could they not talk about who was running with the ones, twos, and threes, but they couldn't talk about like who was in formation sets. Like, what are we? What is this like? 1940s Russia like what are you talking about like give us information we don't have games to watch we are literally more reliant than we've ever been before and and I don't say this in a bad way at all but like we need more than just like a rotowire headline you know like we need a little bit more context to it we need the reporters you know you guys and and all the reporting you guys do you're relying on being able to get lots of great reporter stuff and video and more context and there's people that there's people that are being barred out from all of this stuff like I get, we have a pandemic going on, and we should be more careful. But I don't know why, in a land of uh, the land of zooms that we live in now, why are we not getting more virtual access than we've ever had before? It's crazy to me.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And especially at a time when they need us, these leagues need us more than ever. Yes. They need us to play fantasy. They need us to, uh, you know. uh, gamble or wager or whatever you want to call it game. Uh, You, you, they need involvement. They need stickiness and they're pushing it away. It's, it's driving me crazy.
2: There's this weird, you know, I, I just had this conversation. Well, I'm going to have this conversation on an upcoming in this league fantasy football podcast uh, with, with Bogman and I, and it's about, obviously a guy we'll talk about today and Leonard Fournette and, you know, there's a lot of victory laps that are going on right now um, with, you know, Leonard Fournette being cut and people yeah. that were anti Fournette. But there's this one take that was going on and people were harping on about uh, pro football focus and how they rate him so bad. But in the take, what was also thrown in there was just like, well, yeah, he's rated like, you know, in the 30s as a back. He sucks. But, you know, the fantasy people love him. And, I, and I'm just looking. And I'm like, <laughs> well, who, who the hell do you think cares about? Like, what are you talking about? Like, who who's your audience? Who's invest- <laughs> who, yeah, who is invested in caring about how the players rate and studying the players. It's not professional football teams that care. It's the fantasy owner. So yes, fantasy matters. So for reporters, for reporters to be blocked out for people, whenever people discount and talk down about, Oh, well that's fantasy or that's daily fantasy sports what are you talking about? It drives 85% of the, like, obviously people would watch people did in the early nineties. If they can't play fantasy or they can't, well, they were gambling. uh, People will still watch, but like, you want to tell me that all of our sites and all of our shows aren't completely driven by the love of this. I just don't, I just don't understand, like you said, them not giving us information because of what's driven and the down talk of like fantasy when it's related to any of this stuff. It's
1: the thing. It's the thing, Jeff. It doesn't happen as often, but so many times I see it. This is this is, you know, fantasy, you know, this is they're managing the team like a fantasy league. I'm like, no credible fantasy leaguer would ever be this stupid. Stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: That's you know, you don't see that. My colleague Chris Liss uh, did a, a show one time with Mitch Album. This is probably 15 years ago because that's the last time he was relevant in the sports world. But <laughs> it was kind of an ambush interview. He's like, how do you feel about. You know, ruining my enjoyment of the game. I go to a game and people are talking about their fantasy leagues. And, and he was like, well, first of all, don't eavesdrop on people's conversations. Secondly, I mean, you know, <laughs> oh. learn something, learn your audience. Don't be such a dinosaur. It just, ah, that doesn't happen very often. But when it does it, I still get triggered by that. I, and now Hi. that I'm an old man, I'm almost, you know, I'm 49. You know, I'm, I am that old guy. I'm supposed to be the one that's supposed to be like, ah, that's not supposed to be the way it is or whatever. But come on, people evolve. You should, too. Adaptation.
2: Adaptation. Absolutely. Adaptation. And that's kind of the weird thing of like we as uh, people who love sports and and play fantasy, whether it's uh, season long or or daily, we have to adapt and we have to be ready to adapt. So it comes back to like what you're saying of like, should we be stacking like we do normally? I I think two, you know, five out of five times you could go in and you could do your stack and it's not going to be affected this year. But then that one team could, and then you're going to denounce it all. So you should, you should build in some of the concern. You should adapt to the leagues this year and adapt to what you could be in store for. So you're not, you know, banging the banging the table and cursing at the TV and everything like that. It's all about adaptation, whether it's like you were saying, or it's simply to adapting to what fantasy could be or your format uh, for this season. Speaking of adaptation, what are your leagues doing to adapt to COVID-19? I mean, the big thing I would say the main push. It's so different than baseball because baseball we had to do it on the fly. You mm-hmm. know, we were we literally had finished leagues and then all of a sudden we were in a holding pattern for two months and then we're like, all right, well we can change from head to head to roto and da da da. Football is is such a different spot because you know, like we're we're not facing that. Like the league should play normally and we're good to go. The big thing was adding more bench spots and that's something I had been advocating for. Mm-hmm. Let's get a couple more. Whatever place you're playing on, whatever. um, you know, whatever format go and make sure that whatever the ILS are, are just a little bit bigger, you know, and some like, there's some sites uh, like Fantrax or whatever that would be relatively unlimited. There's some that limit. I'm open to maybe one or. Two. There's a competitive balance, I guess you could put into not having tons of IL spots, but right. being aware that you can, especially the COVID list. That's why I would boost it up a little bit if there's going to be a COVID like IL uh, similar to baseball. But um, opening up the bench spots a couple, and also just being flexible. I'm I'm playing a lot of different formats this year. I've got a super flex. I got a couple I'm doing. I, I primarily play PPR. And then we're also getting creative. And like, here's the fun one is playing. We, we call it uh, the medieval league, Jeff. OK, and it's two leagues. There's an entry. You get into two leagues. One is a guillotine league. So you're going to get the vibe of why we call it the medieval league. Yep. And if people are familiar, a guillotine league is the biggest loser of the week you're gone. Yeah. You're eliminated from the league. And then all your players go to the wire and you do that throughout the, uh, until the final of the season. The other league is a newer format. Like it's called like a vampire league where you get to take a player from the team you beat each week. Right. And then every week more players become available for you to take. So we did those two, just a couple of cool formats. The in game of what I'm telling you is trying to be more creative and be more expansive and open to like th- weird things might happen this season. So let's have some bigger benches to prepare and let's have a little bit more fun. Cause this might be a ridiculously crazy wild ride.
1: Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is I haven't played either a guillotine, guillotine league or a vampire league. RotoWire's Luke Hoover does a bunch of vampire leagues and he, he's always the vampire. He wants to be the vampire at least. Uh, yeah. Which means yeah. also it's 11, like it's an 11 team draft and then he gets to fill his team afterward. Uh, which is pretty crazy. I mean,
2: obviously you have gotta have a little bit of thinner team. Yeah, so the waiver wire is actually worth something there a little bit. But and that's a traditional one. You're right because the traditional one is 11, and then it's like the 12th team gets everybody that's on the wire, and they do it like that. But ours was a little bit different, where we would do a bigger 16 team league, and then every week you get to take somebody off. So we had like oh, so first- like no one's handicapped at the draft; just the winners no. take from the losers no one's handicapped exactly. But by week eight, you have to make like, you know, eight of your players available now. So now by week eight and nine, you're starting to get some really valuable players that are be taken away. But I like the guillotine, the guillotine actually, besides like the, like PPR is the standard for me now mm-hmm. instead of, you know, the quote, what standard used to be, right. If PPR is the standard, I, I really am for the super, uh, you know, the, the upping of superflex. you know, a lot of people you know, putting their foot down to be like superflex should be the standard. I, I think it's a lot of fun and I enjoy it, but guillotine might be like the most fun you can have in a season long format. That's not like DFS because people love DFS, but guillotine just has this, like, it's like a survivor pool, but it's with right. fantasy every single week. And you know, the waiver wire every single week and how you spend your, uh, your budgets or your waiver claim is more critical than ever. Cause Hey, that's awesome. That Todd Gurley just hit the wire in week two, but, you know, there might be amazing guys in week four if you can hold off and you might have the hammer to do it. So I like the strategy of it. Maybe the most fun I've had in the last year was playing a guillotine league that I didn't win, by the way. I got to like the final four. I would suck to get knocked out early though in a guillotine league. I mean, oh my God. You'd hate everything. You'd be like, this like sucks. You yeah. guys all suck. I'm never playing with you again. And then you're back next year.
1: Right. Exactly. Everybody's in. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Support for this podcast comes from U S bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer credit card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn 4 times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits too. Check out their full suite of
0: credit cards at usbank.com/slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: So, have you found that, you know, one of the buzz in our industry things is you know, signups are down most places, that uh, there's not as much buzz this year? We found it to be a little bit true on our end, and then last weekend was huge. And I've,
2: I, I don't know, have you have you sensed that as well? I, I mean, I have definitely felt that people are as many people are not around when you know we are predominantly uh, Scott Bogdan. You know, my the co-owner of in this league with me, and we've been around for a long time. And you know, we we insert ourselves with everybody and stuff like that. We're a little bit unique in that you know we don't. I don't really write, you know. I, I help in the fantasy black, Joe P's, of P.S. fantasy black book baseball. Bogman does it with football. We've mm-hmm. done a little fun, little stuff. We're predominantly podcasters and we don't really even work off of a massive website anymore. We have a Patreon, which we've grown really big. We're close to about 500 people. Nice. We do a lot of stuff. So we're a little bit uh, non traditional, but. the the traditional side of what we do would look is at the analytics of of downloads and stuff on podcasts and you know, you guys would probably look at that as podcasts and then obviously website clicks and (laughs) it's down. It, it, it looked, there was a time where it was like, is this real? Like where is everybody with football? It definitely took a massive pickup and what usually would be, we would all see it about a month out, you know, usually like the beginning or like mid August, you'd start to see the uptick. And mm-hmm. then by the time you got into like mid September, you're like, holy crap, it, that hasn't happened until like within this last week. Right. So we're about two weeks behind. But the before was people were really down. I think people were I don't know if it's political. I don't really care if it's political. I definitely think it's in investment in people's time and, and people stressed out. And um, preseason to me is playing a massive role in people's I don't know people understand football is like a week away like football will start in a week and I don't think a lot of people can um, can handle the timeline because there's no there's no preseason games whatsoever so I think that is screwed up stuff and there's definitely a a huge downtick all around but I'm hopeful it balances out within this next week it's just so much later than it's ever been before
1: it is it really is and uh, you know we don't have I think that the lack of preseason the lack of Hall of Fame game contributed to that a little bit uh you know these are little reminders. Oh yeah, I need to schedule my league. Uh and most of my leagues did get scheduled. I don't think I had one say oh we're not going to do it this year yet. I, I if I recall I think all my leagues are still going. I have too many damn leagues, but that's that's another story for another yeah, day. Tell me about it. Uh but you know then again, I'm the one
2: that said sure, I'll sign up. I love this. So, you know, I I can't really complain. Well, we're much. the type of guys. Yeah, we're the type of guys that it's like hard to say no to anything, but yeah, I don't know. I think again, you know, using I don't know what we're going to be able to take out of 2020 as a case study. I think there are things sport wise and fantasy wise that are going to happen this year that we're going to carry into future years that maybe don't, we don't need to, whether it's drafting habits, whether it's how we set up leagues. Um, but I also don't know if there's going to be like permanent changes that are going to happen long term. Yeah. You know, are, there, are there going to be issues where uh, people just say, I'm done. You know, I didn't play this year. I'm happy with it. I'm going to only play DFS or I'm only going to do this one or other thing. I worry a little bit about like, reverberating um, reactions to like, people prioritizing stuff or maybe forgetting how much they love something because mm-hmm. of all the chaos. But you know, once games get back on, I think I, I wouldn't even be surprised. I'd love to talk to some uh, actual providers about this. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a higher uptick in league startups week one and two than ever before. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people are like, oh crap, football I is miss this. I want to start a league. Yeah. Let's just go, let's do week uh, you know, three through seventeen, and then all of a sudden I-, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a higher uptick ev- than ever before on all of the platforms that people are signing up, you know, week one, two or three and starting up leagues. Yeah, I I think, you know, I was
1: talking with Greg Ambrosius and Tom Kesnick from the the NFFC and they experienced something similar. You know, that's higher stakes, too. Uh, And they were worried that maybe they have a drop. They said they had a big surge last weekend with baseball. Even they sold out their. You know, granted, it was a reduced entry fee for both the online championship and their main event. But they sold them out. And that was like because the community and part of that is, you know, the price point. The other part is the community rallied a little bit, too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do this. We'll help you guys. I think if, you know, do good things, people will follow. But I think people are like
2: so desperately miss sports, too. And I think that'll probably happen in football. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Well, you, know, you know what, man? It also takes people like us. It takes people like, uh, not like, Ooh, look at us. But you know, there was so much negative. It's it's really funny and interesting that you and I are having like an industry conversation right now about all this. And I love doing this. There was so much negativity so much negativity from April through June in the sports sphere of cancel this, cancel that, everything, who cares, blah, 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 blah. There's so much negativity that, you know, people worried about their jobs. You you probably did. I would. We all did, you know, worrying about where sports lies and everything like that. But it takes people you know, trying to spin it, trying to still have the conversation about sports in the context of what's going on, talk about fantasy, bring some normalcy. And it also takes... You know, like what you're doing here. You know, you bring on different cool people in the industry. Not saying I'm a cool guy, but uh, Bogman's a cool guy, and you have <laughs> lots of cool guys on here. Berlin, and you, you bring on great people to, um, you know, to you're, you're spreading the knowledge of who they are to other people. We do the same thing, and in this league, we feature guests every single week on all of the podcasts we do, and you know, it's self-serving that that audience would find us, but it's giving multiple people in different voices uh, a voice every single week to kind of talk about like hey guess what things are normal like we can still have the conversation we can analyze um we can get you thinking you know we don't want to distract you from the things that are going on in the world but we want to give you some reprieve on something that you have enjoyed in the past so i think it's important to like talk about life moving on and things moving on, and then also, you know, being somebody that promotes different voices and stuff. And that's something that you do, so I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And
1: it's the way how you meet all these interesting people, too. I'll say, like, the, you know, we got paired up a couple of times in that uh, podcast brackets thing, and the best part about that was I learned about 30 podcasts. Sorry, you know, no, I don't have time to listen to all of them all the time, but I learned about all these awesome people in the industry and same with TGFBI, same with fishbowl and football, same with Rasbowl. you know, I love events like that. It bring
2: people together. Yeah. You know, it wasn't great, though. It wasn't great that my prospect one show lost by one Ugh, to road. That was that insane. Was- that was that was insane. I mean, you know, little little podcast that could, I guess, with my prospect show. I appreciate it. But uh, I was talking with J- James Anderson's become a great friend of mine uh, with you guys. And, you know, that one was a brutal blow. And I remember uh, James and Clay had me on the radio and and uh, Clay w- was talking about that and brought it up and was like, hey, prospect one did pretty good. And James was like, <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have brought that up. I'm like, yeah, Clay, I did great. Prospect one lost by one vote. To wire, I'm like, it hurt. It stung a little bit. But you're and then right, I was matching up good. against
1: Blackbook the next week. I'm like, what? Can I just, let's draw these brackets a little differently, yeah, please? Do you not
2: like me, by the way? Why do you have to break my heart twice in a well, row? Jeez. I tied into it. I can't. <laughs> Someone did. Yeah. Well,
1: I and heard, it was I weird. It was like the trade right. deadline. Like the votes were still being tallied. Like it was like one minute after. And it's like, oh, wait. I thought it was tied, but whatever. Well,
2: see, that's what killed me with the prospect one. I had the win. Uh, when it stopped and then it it had like the last little things going and then I lost and I was like oh, oh my god this is <laughs> my heart is crushed oh but, that's brutal that but it is good brutal. it's fun competition like you said you learn you learn a whole lot about different stuff and that's you know that's what I'm all about man you know like there's a You know, there there's a type of podcast for everybody. You know, I'm I can be irreverent and um I can go I can ramble and Bogman and I we're very entertainers. I I I come from a traditional like radio background, so I I want to entertain and I go off on tangents and stuff, and that's not for everybody. And at the same token, there's podcasts that are very analytical and they're very um just straight statistical oriented and there's not a lot of um you know, there's not a lot of breathing time or debate or anything like that. And some people love that, some people hate that. There's there's just there's so much for everybody. It's good good for people to build a good, like, tool belt of podcasts that not only I think you should be entertained, but also, like, you know, put you in the right spot for uh, fantasy information. Exactly. Uh, and it's just it, it is. It's really fun. Hey, uh, we got a ton of stuff to talk about before
1: that. Got to share a note from our sponsor, Dynasty Owner. I've been looking for a new challenge. Actually, if you have been looking for a new challenge. You should consider playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to dynastyowner.com slash Leagues are forming now. That's dynastyowner.com slash We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky. If you're like us and you know better than most, dynastyowner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynastyowner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to dynastyowner.com slash Validate your fantasy football skills. That's dynastyowner.com slash Rotawire. Dynastyowner, start your dynasty today. All right. I'm talking with the Welsh. I'm Jeff Erickson. We are talking about all sorts of things in the NFL. There is news that broke right before we started recording. Mohamed Sanu is now a former Patriot. They have straight up waived him. They, they oh. draft. They gave him a second round pick
2: for him last year. Now he's gone. I mean, I will tell you that makes me jump a little bit up. Because I am a Nikhil Harry truther, I yeah. hate to. I, I'm outing myself as one of those people. I do believe the world is round, but I do believe in Nikhil Harry also, and uh, I I think he's an explosive athlete. I've also watched him a lot. I, I'm from I yeah. live in Arizona from Arizona. He's an ASU guy, very underutilized. Um, couldn't pick up the schemes last year, and you know Belichick doesn't have time for it. And they moved on from it. But athletically, he's looked on another level. Great you know, big jump up possession type of receiver seemed to be building a rapport with Cam Newton off of some of the the very, very early stuff. You saw the videos mm-hmm. and there there was some negative stuff that was running out there and there's some undrafted guys that are uh, being thrown around. But I, I would tell you for me, that gives me some hope that Nikhil Harry uh, might, you know, might be in the future here. I also wonder and speculate. I would love to look and see what the contract stuff looked like on Mohamed Sanu, because I wonder if they're making some room for a certain other guy
1: yeah uh which was a big topic in your last podcast uh, on the black book podcast that is uh that i listened to just uh, a little bit ago uh he just got released leonard fournette we're talking about of course uh and there was a rumor that they were kicking the tires with that uh they were interested in fournette and why wouldn't they be they only have five other running backs so let's add a six
2: I mean, that's the destination, I think. If people remember early in the offseason, one of the things that put – one of probably a checklist of things that put Leonard Fournette more in the doghouse was Leonard Fournette publicly stated how the Jaguars should bring in Cam Newton. This was early in the offseason, and they had Gardner Minshew. And you know, there was kind of a like, hey, shut up, dude. Like, what are you talking about? And that went away. And I think it was one of probably a handful of – just uh, personal quirks or whatever that was going on. The Jaguars decided to move on. I mean, uh, th- there has to be more to it. You know, I, am I was a little critical and I'm a little critical on the upcoming football ITL show. We do about all of the insanity, the, the, um, the, the victory laps, the grave dancing that people are doing on Leonard Fournette being cut. Like everyone's saying, oh, he's a loser and he's this and that and other thing. It's like, well, no, he's not. The guy has been like an RB1 for three straight years and he had an incredible return last year. But there also has to be something more for a guy who is finishing up at like four and a half million dollars on a non-winning team to just cut him and not. And why would the league not pay for pay for it across the board? So it just doesn't make sense. So coming back to. Um, the move is when we're speculating about teams, I think there's a couple teams that you could obviously look at. I had maybe thrown out the bears. They've already said, no, I believe, believe uh, there was a report on uh, Bleacher bleach report that just put out that the bucks are serious suitors. That makes all the sense in the world. Just, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, a win now, but to me, uh, and I'd said, probably referring to it on the black book is that the Patriots are the number one, even though they've got uh, a stable of running backs. Cam and Leonard want to play with each other. They're friends. And if Fournette is out there to try to be a team player, be in a scheme, get a contract, if the Patriots are worried about Sonny Michel at all, Fournette would make a ton of sense and it would make Cam happy and, and he could fit. But I, I don't think it's good for fantasy owners. It sucks. The highest share of any player I have this year is Damian Harris because he's Me been too. working with the ones. I yeah, have we, I yeah. have
1: some serious Damian Harris shares that I got all so super cheap, too.
2: Me, Me too. It's the worst. Like that's the episode that Scott and I do is we're talking about our shares, and I come to find out Damian Harris is my number one highest shares because he's so cheap and he's working with the ones. Even when and the big key was when Sonny Michelle came back in the camp, they were splitting. Uh, first team reps. And that's a really, really important note when you're trying to decipher through like what beat writers and coaches and stuff are saying. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to get 40 percent. Everyone's speculating here and here. But, you know, it's not a speculation is the reps that players are actually getting. So that was, right. what was so important. So that's going to that's going to be a bummer. But uh, that was the team I had suggested I thought Fournette would go to. But, you know, there could be a surprise. It could be the Bucks. It could be the Chiefs. It, it, Fournette has a chance to really, really ruin some uh, fantasy hopes as far as right. like him not being in a spot where he's good enough to return value and also hurting a guy that, uh, you know, reps would be taken away from.
1: Yeah, I would say New England. And I think you guys also said Washington. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
2: And that that would be like a volume play for him. Like you're not there to win, but you have an opportunity to be the guy all year. So you can play for that contract next year. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Washington. Yeah.
1: And they they even and you know, Fournette even said he goes and we'll see if they hold him to that. But like, it's not about the money. It's about fit. It's about scheme. It's about you know, you know, fitting you know, feeling the love basically. And yeah. Well,
2: you know, if besides the Washington, I think that'll be your answer. It's like, oh, yeah. it's not about. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it won't be about money, but it'll be about opportunity. Where I think the, you know, what's interesting is the Bucks would be the one in between both of them. If the if the, you know, these reports, everything, blah. If they really held true to having interest, the Bucks would be the game changer. Where it's like. Ronald Jones could compliment him, but mm-hmm. he could get more opportunity than he would in new England. And he would be on a potential championship type team. You're with star players, you know, more guys in the sec, you know, Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin there. Tom Brady's leading the way. That would be, that would be, I think, make both sides of you want your opportunity to build your contract and you want to win. That one makes the most sense. I just don't know if they have enough interest in that. And I think New England is the one with Cam Newton um, is why they would swoop in for him. That would sink my Rojo shares, though. Ugh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And all the spec, you know, people speculated on Keyshawn Vaughn. And, it, and you know, it's actually funny, something we've been debating. I'd be curious how you think about this, Jeff. Let's say you're going into a draft. I don't know. Maybe someone's got a draft on Thursday night, and you know this hasn't been done, or maybe he doesn't sign even into late this weekend. If you went into this weekend without a jo- without a destination for Leonard Fournette, would you go Ronald Jones or would you go Leonard Fournette in your draft, or even just right now? Who would you take? Oh, a teamless yeah, that's Fournette right about the same
1: ballpark, isn't it? Uh, it is. You know, I. I it's funny. I think Rojo went for a little bit more in the auctions I did. I did an auction on Tuesday night or uh, you know, we could call it a what what what's it called? Salary cap live draft now it's called by ESPN, Yahoo and the NFL. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> I yeah, I I tend to think auctions benign when it comes to fantasy, but there was that thing that caused a flurry like a couple of years ago when ESPN did their 24-hour thing and they had a they they televised an auction and that didn't go over well. So just Oh, don't t- I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so I, I get how optics can affect these things, but so it goes. Uh, anyways, that I love playing auctions. I, that's one of my favorite things to do. In football, it's underrated. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy doing it. It did a super flex auction with two additional flex spots and just deep. Love, it might love be the most like
2: pure. That. It might be the most pure and stuff, but I'm one of those guys where I just don't have the time, and I hate that. It's such a lame excuse, and I'm so lame as a you know a dad of two who you know I have a I have a full time job in radio, and I have yep. a full time fantasy job that you know when I come to be like oh man do I? and it, you know if I play like two or three leagues that might be different, but it's like right guys, I play in like 15 leagues to to knock out like four hours. I oh, just we did it this seems in two ten.
1: We did this in 210. It was an online auction. So for whatever. I do was. like slow auctions. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, how old are your little ones?
2: I've got a four year old and a just turned eight year old. Okay. He's a he, he's a boy and he's a piano prodigy. Nice. That's, uh, that is my big uh, my big accomplishment of not me, of my son. <laughs> my that's very my cool. son is a piano prodigy. So that's my win. I've got a near 16 year old
1: uh, and a 13 year old, two girls. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you're still standing? Yeah. It, every year gets better. I'm telling you. Wait, really? I, yeah. The teenage That's years are fun news. because they can do
2: more really? things. You're breaking news. That is the breaking news headline of this episode. Breaking news. Jeff Erickson said teenagers are fun because I swear to God no one has ever said that. before. <laughs> I'll Jeff. tell you.
1: I mean, yeah, they're you know, different ages, different problems, but you can do more things. Your conversations are better. I mean, yeah, there's there's little things here and there, but I don't know. Uh My kids, my girls are great. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, we did a long road trip in June, got away from the world and away from all the bickering and baseball at the right time. And they were troopers with that. So, yeah, uh,
2: it'll be interesting. Like I have more, my, my children are very, um, they're like, uh, I don't know, they're like beyond their age or whatever. And I, I have a very adolescent nature to myself. Like if you come into my office right now, we don't have cameras on or anything, but like, like my son is like, he's, you know, piano, he takes school very serious. He does acting and stuff like this. And then he would walk into my office, like, you know, professional dad. And I've got like graphic comic book novels. I've got autographed baseball cards. I've got a whole wall of autographed baseballs. I've got, you know, big computers. So you could do gaming stuff. And I, I And I've got like you know, a Spider-Man comic book picture behind me and some autographed comedy posters and stuff. And he would walk in and he'd be like, wow, this is quite a room. And I'd be like, I know I'm the kid here and I look like the child here. And, yeah. and he's the,
1: so <laughs> well, don't ever change, man. That's you know, that, That's the yeah. whole thing, you know, because you can, that's why you get to do that. So that's nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, coming back, cause we moved away from it. I just want to say right now, I'm taking Ronald Jones over Fournette. Like that, that is a no brainer to me at this moment, because I think every destination is, questionable and I like Washington and Tampa Bay has the most upside but like if he went to Washington I would take him over Ronald Jones if I'm just trying to think of any other if to Tampa I'm taking him over Jones for sure uh just because well, yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah, the you know, guy Jones. who gets more of the work uh if he
1: goes to New England I'm thinking him over Jones too I, I think if he That was tough for me I, I mean they don't sign him without the intent of making him you know seeing that he's a clear improvement over Harris over. Or Sony Michelle, it means they're giving up on Sony Michelle
2: basically. Uh,
1: yeah, Lamar yeah, I mean, Miller would be Michel- like a reflex cut after that,
2: but oh, he's gone. Either I think he's cut regardless of what happened. He Could be. So Michelle plays a big tie in that. I think it's close. So what, what I think ends up happening is if he signs, maybe in a New England. There's a couple other, you know, Tampa Bay and Washington are a little bit better. He floats between. I think a low, low RB two, like around like. 20%. 22 to 25, or he's more of a high end flex option. I just don't think there's a scenario unless we get some, you know, the 40 Raheem Mostert with the 49ers tears his ACL and the 49ers pick up Leonard Fournette and how they run. I just don't see a scenario where Fournette can recoup the excitement that he, you know, we've laughed on multiple shows because Bogman is, you know, I'm a Nikhil Harry truther. He is the biggest Leonard Fournette truther. And he's right. very, very defensive. Well, he's right? the college guy.
1: Of course, he saw those LSU
2: days and it's hard to unburn those from your memory but Fournette did last year, I mean that yeah. that's that whole big thing where you talk about, you know, how much he, how good he wasn't. And then you look at stats and it's like, all right, well, you know, well, what are we doing here? Are we doing the coach stats or for losers thing? Or are we playing, are we talking fantasy? Like how can we mold these together? Bottom line, Leonard Fournette was incredibly productive last year. He upped the passing game. He got in his games. Is he the most explosive back on the planet? No. Could he do something in a really great offense that featured him? Yeah, he still could, but there's just so many question marks surrounding him that, you know, I think he's in that territory of the Ronald Jones, Ronald Joneses of the world.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's like I don't know if you remember the movie The Ref. I, I don't ever get to reference this, but it's like the guy saying the corpse still has the floor. Uh, I, I think he, he's not a corpse. He's fine. You know, he's not he wasn't great. He wasn't productive. But it was Jacksonville, too. That was not a good offensive line. They, you know, this is anywhere he lands is going to be a better offense than where he's with right now.
2: Yeah, it's just about the feature. It's just about the feature role that he has. Yeah, of course. I'm one of – sometimes I get like this. I can be spiteful and stuff. But, like, I I get to a contrarian nature that I see so much negativity – Mm-hmm. Around Fournette, that I just want him to succeed now. Like I'm not invested. I'm not a Jacksonville fan. I'm not an AFC guy. I'm a. I'm raised in California. I'm not a Cardinals fan. I'm a 49ers fan. Like I, I have no investment whatsoever in Leonard Fournette. But I almost just want to see him succeed to see how we backpedal versus you know who he is on a hardcore you know analytics and football and baseball are, are really interesting to like compare and how they work who he is in an analytical football standpoint to who he is as a fantasy like how do we mold those that's why i want to see him succeed and see how we talk about him from such a negative standpoint but you know what the negative nancy's on Fournette. they're winners right now because if you drafted him in the top 20 it sucks and you're maybe almost thinking about next year's baseball season or maybe focusing more on dfs and i don't know what any type of discount really looks like I actually think he has a real bad danger of non industry leagues. You're going to see him go really late and stuff. So all the industry people will be like, Oh look, I just drafted him in the ninth round. Isn't this great? But you know, the consumer who's playing here does not play with uh, the Jeff Erickson's of the world. They, he does not play with the fantasy footballers. They play with, you know, Jeff and Frank and, you know, some nickname, guy named Dumbo, you know, that's who they play with. And there's going to be someone that's going to see the name and they're trying to decide between, you know, Tariq Cohen, or uh, do I take Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette is going to go high in probably 90 percent of normal people's leagues, regardless if if you call yourself like a competitive league or not. He's going to go high on name value. So I just don't know if we're going to reach any value standpoint where Fournette works out a whole bunch. So, you know, the Fournette, uh, the negative Fournette guys, they kind of get the, the W for this year.
1: Yeah. And you got get- a, a home league draft uh, tonight. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, friends is there of a guy from Chicago? In there? So back when I used to live there. Uh, so I'll report back a uh, half point PPR league. It'll, it's a good, pretty good measure of any where of he, your
2: friends named go. Dumbo though.
1: No, but a guy named bookie who's not a book, but he is not a, uh, he's not a bookie. He's
2: just as short okay. for bookbinder. but uh, i so I think that's a W for the Welsh there. I think that's a W on the nickname game. I yes. just played. So yeah. Right. I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll sure. let it Thank happen.
1: You. Uh, we've gone 35 minutes. And we haven't even talked about like the a number one story that's in fantasy football right now. Yeah. <laughs> What you know it, it's the ever evolving story you know one day he, he oh he you know he's out, he's been missing three days, oh, it's contract related oh they're, they' we're willing to trade him, oh, he had an epidural, oh, he's practicing again it's hard to keep up with everything here
2: it is and it's it's frustrating and I think um, I, I think it ranges from a, a couple different places where people start to see all of the little eggshells of problems and they just go, well, you know. I, I don't I don't think this is worth taking over Derrick Henry. Or you know what? I'm gonna go with the upside of a uh, Edwards Alaire because Kamara, there's a lot of stuff going I'm in the camp that this is a lot of this is a lot of static and noise that I'm not going to worry about because Camara is still willing to play. And also it was overblown. You know, yeah. some of the reporters even said like, Hey, listen, you know, this wasn't as far away as everybody took it. Like they're close, like they're within a couple million. Maybe that is a little bit big, but it's enough where, you know, he's playing, they want to get a deal done. The trade thing seemed like a miscommunication. I I, would, I still say it's kind of messy and it still feels a little bit messy. So if you wanted to, prioritize Dalvin Cook or maybe even a Derrick Henry over him. I'm not going to bother with that. But any further, even four days ago, when things looked a lot more tenuous, I I wasn't going to go any further than that. Even at this point, I think it's positive that, you know, he, he practiced on Wednesday. He doesn't have the deal. I don't like the epidural, but I'm not going to go too far off of it because that's a guy that suffered, you know, from uh, negative, that negative touchdown uh, uh, regression. So positive touchdown regression in his play, or just positive carries is going to work well in his favor. And he's a feature point of the offense. So I'm not going to move too off of it until I've given a full on reason, like, Hey, by the way, he's in a wheelchair after his epidural, or he's no longer in new Orleans. And he's, moved out i'm gonna i'm not gonna follow that bit of news
1: yeah uh, I, i'm with you on that again i draft 10th tonight if i get oh. i'd be shocked if i get them uh especially I love that yeah it'd be ideal i like 10 by the way I, i'm i'm more than happy at is, this it spot. A 12? is it yeah, a 12 yes so it's a 12 it's not three third round reversal like the nffc but still
2: i kind of like that too because like there's there's you have the idea if you want to take the upside of an Allaire. I personally, a eh, little dicey with the injuries with Miles Sanders. I'm a big Miles Sanders guy this year, and I think Austin Eckler is insanely underrated. So, like, at 10, you're really going to kind of have a choice of that. Or if you want to do the safety of wideouts, Devontae Adams probably sits there. So, yeah. yeah, 10 is actually a pretty good spot in a 12-team. Yeah, I'm going to
1: get one back with the, with one of my two picks for sure. And oh. then after that, you know, it's uh, – yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it leaves a lot of options. I don't have that stress of like the fifth or sixth pick. Do I take Thomas and risk not getting it back? I like on the way back. There is that. So uh, that's one of the reasons like that. I, I, I had like third to last choice and I still did pretty well with that spot. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I agree. yeah I agree. I so, agree. Very good. Uh, one more. Uh, I guess share another bit of uh, one more news on before we share another uh, promotional note. Joe Mixon, he did get paid. Uh, Bengals went four and 48. I am one of three Bengals fans on the West Coast. That makes me oh, pretty happy. So wow. And I, you know, unlike the Derrick Henry signing and maybe some other running back signings, I'm fine with this. We got a a quarterback on a rookie contract. I'm I'm very happy with this.
2: Uh, Yeah, And I don't know if you knew this, too, Jeff. Did you know we found we found out some science um, from this, too? Did you know that the cure for migraines is forty eight million dollars? That's all it takes. It's did you all see that South Park episode about the cure for AIDS? It's money. Yeah, it's just money. <laughs> That's exactly it's 100 percent. It's just money. That's it. He's all cured. He's all good to go. Like he could have been in a wheelchair and he's just like, boom, forty-eight million dollars. He's good to go. Yeah. I mean, I think. I was a little bit I was actually ironically more worried about the Mixon stuff than I was the Camara stuff <laughs> but uh I'm good to go now you know cuz I really thought Mixon could have held out and yeah it, it, I think it seems reasonable what is that 12 million dollars a year and you know Camara is talking at trying to get 16 like uh, Christian McCaffrey so they made a commitment and I think that's good for Joe Burrow in uh, building consistency and you know right. that's a high That's a high accuracy type of guy. So you've got your workhorse running back, you Joe Bernard is kind of underrated, and you've got a staple of wide receivers that um I don't know, you know, from top to bottom, if AJ Green could be healthy, it's hard to be like, you know, does anybody have a better number five receiver and like a T. Higgins or Auden Tate, however you want to look at it? So the Bengals are pretty depthy there.
1: They are. Uh and You know, we'll see if the defense can get off the field. That was the thing that was holding them back a little bit, too, is, you know, they'd give up these soul crushing drives where they teams would run six, seven yards a carry every time you're like, ah, let's get off the field. Uh, But I I think they will be a little bit better in the linebacking core, too. And so that
2: should help a little bit, too. So this also makes this makes a lot more sense why you invited me, which I really appreciate more than Bogman as Bogman is a Steelers fan. So everything is dodged a bullet there. Yeah, yeah, you dodged a big bullet. It's all coming together now. Yeah, it is. Indeed, it is. <laughs> all
1: right. Um, got a little bit more news, but before that, got to share with you a note from Fandraft. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with Fandraft, the online fantasy football draft board. Fandraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting the display uh, display via projector or onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online, and any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization to meet your league requirements. You can can sign up for a free trial account at FanDraft.com. When you're ready to order the pro account, just make sure to use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's Fandraft.com, and use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15%. I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm here with the Welsh. Uh, we are talking all things football. Lots going on here. Uh, I want to talk about, let's, you're in Arizona. Let's talk Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins. What do we make of their various ail- uh, ailments here? There's the foot for Drake and the hammy for Hopkins.
2: Well, you know, Drake is the positive one. It was so funny. You know, like a week ago, we were kind of looking and we're like, holy crap. Look at all these RB ones with the final two most important draft weekends that are upon us. Look at all these RB ones that are questionable, especially in where drafting habits have turned to running back, running back. Oh, by the way, running back. And these great wide receivers are starting to kind of fall further and further. So team construction is weird. And it had an opportunity to really change it as like Miles Sanders and Drake and then Kamara and Mixon. There's all these issues. Well, it's all kind of just like, poof, it's just going like Kamara. Look, he's going to report and he's good. And Mixon's got a contract. And all of a sudden, Drake. Looks like he's going to be good to go. We're getting positive outlooks for uh, for his take. And the team is really, really, really invested in him. I mean, and, you know, I, I know it's been kind of done at nausea. But, you know, when you go back and you look at what he was able to do last season, he was the third from. I always like to look from when you look at like the second half of last year, I don't like to add week 17 because I feel like that muddies it. And, right. you know, you really shouldn't play to week 17. So if you look from week nine, to sixteen, Kenyon Drake scored the fourth most points in PPR at running back, but averaged the third most points. It was like twenty points a game. He was a, I mean, the feature with the Cardinals was immense, and that offense yeah. looks like it is going to pick up even more. Chase Edmonds is fine. You know, Benjamin has actually looked pretty good. ASU product that they yep. have there, but Kenyon Drake is going to be the feature, and they are going to drive him into the ground for better or for worse. So I'm very comfortable with Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's a lot of precautionary stuff, and I think he is going to thrive there. I'm still shocked at how down people are getting. I mean, you're seeing Hopkins sometimes fall to, like, the fifth or sixth wide receiver, and Kyler Murray is going to sling the ball. I I think he's actually in a better spot with Kyler Murray right now outside of – the long-term connection that Deshaun Watson and him had, he's going to be a feature. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is this good safety blanket. They've got multiple guys in Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk that can spread the field. That's going to be really difficult for teams to put heavy coverage on to DeAndre Hopkins. And he's still got it. And I, I think he's going to thrive there. So I, I, I'm i not a Cardinals fan at all. I actually hate the Cardinals. Really? But I, I, yeah. I mean, this is a 49er fan. I can't like any of these uh, NFC West teams. So and I was it's,
1: born it's, in Indy. Before the Colts got there, so, and I was a Bengals fan. So even when they – it sounds similar. When they came, I stayed with my team. Now, you're, you're younger than me, so you were, they were probably already there when you were a kid.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when I moved to Arizona – well, because the Cardinals were new though. The Cardinals, you know, they weren't always out here in Arizona. I think right. – I want to say – I don't remember. They came in like the early 90s or 80s or whatever. Maybe it was 79. Yeah. And uh, But I grew up in the Bay Area. Oh, okay. Uh, lived there until I was like 13. So I grew up as a 49ers fan going to Candlestick and all that. But – um you know, coming in pl- like living in a place that is in the, in the same division as your team and is a rival makes it so much worse. I mean, imagine you living in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, Like you're not going to, there's not a point where you're going to be like, Oh, I'm kind of like going for the Steelers. No, you, you would right. hate them more. So that's what happened with me. But, I am, maybe for better or for worse, kind of Pollyanna about both Hopkins and Drake because I think they're good talents and Drake fits the scheme of what Arizona wants to do. And I think he's going to work well with Kylie Murray. And then the same thing goes for the receiving core uh, behind Murray. And K- Kings Murray's is going to sling it. I mean, there's just no two ifs and buts about it. And if there is one negative about the division, it's the secondaries in the division. I mean, the primary strength of the 49ers is on the front. Uh, same thing would be said about the Rams though. You know, um, you know, bringing in Jalen Ramsey changes it up and, you know, Seattle's a little wishy-washy. I just think the primary strengths are on the the core inside of the defenses and the secondaries are a little bit more open with the cornerback play. So I, I think Hopkins is in a great spot and I, I would be drafting both of them. All right. Very good. Uh, Jets, tons of injuries, tons
1: of negative news about Le'Veon bell. Uh, yeah, I just I, I he was kinda I, I was kinda staying off bell. I know Bogman was I think it was Bogman that was making the case for him, uh oh God, saying yeah.
2: he's just a workouts guy, but I just think he's more like a plow horse now. I mean I I'm I'm not into it, Jeff. I just like we uh <laughs> I don't know if you have like a, whoever your really good friend is or if you have a best friend in the industry that you ever have done drafts with. Bogman is obviously my best friend. We've known each other since uh, middle school mm-hmm. and we've you know lived out here forever. And But we don't draft a lot of teams together. And we drafted in our buddy uh, Jake Seeley's the, the Flex League. Yes. Uh, Jake had us in and we shared a team. And we, we were on the open live stream uh, that he had going on. And we were the only one that was sharing a team on the stream. And – actually, Fournette was – he pulled the Trump card on us, and that is unfortunate for him that he pulled his card to get to pick Fournette. And then we got to Lev Bell, and I was just like, I just – I don't want to do it. And he did it again, and we have Lev Bell. There's a lot of things that work in his favor of the talent that Lev Bell is. It just ain't it, man, not in New York. I mean they bring in Frank Gore who that guy just lives forever. And if you go and look at the carries, you know, Frank Gore is a guy that's probably going to put on 120 to maybe 150 carries and all of the backups in New York last year did not even come close to that. So you can, in right. theory, be taking away 50 carries just right off the bat with Frank Gore. Then you go to try to acquire You're telling me that Kalen Bellage costs a seven, but Leonard Fournette is nothing. Because of money? Get out of here. Kalen Balaj is bad. He is not good. So all of those things are bad warning signs, plus already the early disagreements with Gase being like, oh, it was a hamstring injury. He's out of practice. And Lev Bell's like, I'm fine. And he's complaining about uh, where he's going to be in the offense and them talking about him as a receiver. I don't know, man. You know, he could he could. Uh, make up for the lack in carries by playing more in the slot and being a little bit more receiver and picking up catches. But it, I just think he's going to come out of the red zone a little bit more. And I, I think he's tough to trust. The only weird thing, and I don't know how you feel about this Jeff, but like bell is also in a spot where he's not that co- He's not that costly. So like how much further do you, if you don't like him, how much further do you move him down? That really makes sense. That's where I struggle with. Like the right. guy, some of those guys like David Montgomery, who would have drafted. Well, he's hurt. Like yep. who, how far do you move bell down? Because I think he's got a limit of where he should go. I, I think he's not as exciting as like Bogman makes him out to be, but still like, are you going to draft? I don't know. James white over Lev Bell. <laughs> no, think uh, so. there's a line. That's right. But here's the thing. I, I
1: like the way I like to draft is it's not a problem because if, if I'm like towards the back end of the first round, I can go running back, running back to start and take advantage of that huge depth of wide receivers that you get in rounds three through is which is where he usually goes. So I'm like, la, 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 not my problem. If I have to take a running back there, I'm going for Jonathan Taylor first uh, or I'm going uh, You know, – I'm a Mostert stand. Uh, I, I, I want to get him at the end of the fourth, early fifth ideally. But if I have to kind of go in that range or I'll, I'll, you know, I might just take J.K. Dobbins over him maybe. But that's about where that line is for me. So six round probably.
2: That's interesting. I mean, I completely agree with you. I am like firm running back, running back to start, but like another guy I I like, I still like Mark Ingram. And I think the JK Dobbins, Mark Ingram arguments are really odd where everyone's like, well, Ingram's going to, you know, he's going to suck now because Dobbins is going to get more in the offense. This is one of the, 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 the highest run teams in the NFL. What are you talking about? Like Mark Ingram was so again, this is, it's, it's not the same Leonard Fournette thing, but Mark Ingram was so successful as their, their, their lead running back last year, they also don't have an insane plethora of wide receiver options. Right. Maybe Lamar passes a little bit more, but if you're telling me, you know, you've got Andrews and Marquise Brown in the past game, you don't think that do- two running backs can be successful in a Lamar Jackson offense. I think you're crazy. So what people do is they say, well, Dobbins is going to be good. And then that's the downside to Ingram. Again, Ingram costs less than Lev Bell. I would rather have Mark Ingram right now. I think than yeah, I agree. I, and yep. I would
1: agree with that. I, I'd rather have both of them over Bell. Uh, I think there's more room in the end this year. Uh, I think Dobbins gets more work than Gus Edwards did last year. By the way, Gus Edwards averaged over five yards a carry last year. You want
2: pieces of the Ravens running game. period. Yes, uh, it's just a question of allocation. I agree. I completely, completely agree with that. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm unfortunately I, – I think – People could overplay the Lev bell card and think he's just going to be nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know, they just run him in again, 248 carries and 60 whatever catches or something like that. But I think this is the year where all the signs are pointing to this big risk. That's not worth it. And I'd, I'd rather have an Ingram over him and a Jonathan Taylor, for sure.
1: Indeed. I uh, got one more camp hype uh, topic to bring up. But before that, real quick uh, note from underdog. Say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money. Underdog fantasy with underdog. All you need to do is the fun part. Draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team, and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the best ball mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. I am ta- I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm talking with The Welsh. I want to talk a little training camp hype before we get out of here. There's been very little positive hype coming out of Bears camp, but today there was a lot of buzz on Anthony Miller, and I know he's a favorite of some people. What say you?
2: Yeah, I'm not as big of a – I think I'm – I don't know. I've got some, like, blinder to the Bears. Like, I don't think I should – We shouldn't discount Allen Robinson because he's a very talented player, but ultimately when I look at the quarterback situation and I look at the the scheme coaching decisions that have been made, I really have a hard time buying – heavily in and you know there's not an insane amount of competition to warrant Anthony Miller not being hyped up but he also really hasn't taken advantage through two years, you know, catch percentage is all right around 60%. He was targeted 85 times last year in the offense, but I worry about um, continued change in the quarterback play. You know, if it, it, typically sometimes you see this with non featured wide receivers where, you know, one quarterback has a really good connection, like the safety blanket in that offense is Allen Robinson. Also don't forget Tariq Cohen, who's going to probably be a 80 to 90 catch guy this year and can play more out of the slot. So I wouldn't be shocked and I really think you should count that Trey Cohen is probably more valuable in the past game than even a guy like him. But if, if Anthony, if Anthony Miller is tied to Mitch Trubisky and Trubisky struggles and you get Nick Foles in there and it's just becoming deep play, I don't know. Um, I I think I I understand the plays and I understand why people want to go that route. I have we haven't seen a whole lot of success early. He's still young. It's only his third year, but he is not an investment. I don't think I I have done eight leagues so far and I got a couple more ahead of me. I don't have a single share of Anthony Miller right now.
1: I got him a couple times later, uh, but uh, later in the draft, early in draft season. I think he's gone pricier as draft seasons progressed. So I, I haven't got him as often. Uh, and maybe I've found other people that I've, I'd rather have, too.
2: Like, I think that's the key right there. It's like right. I find other spots that I would rather be than being like then hitching my horse to Anthony Miller, though. Like I said, the, the positive with him is the competition around him. I, I mean, I, I kind of think Riley Ridley could be in for a little bit of a boost this year. But, you know, like. Is Ted Ginn going to take away from him? <laughs> are, are we really going to see some heavy two tight end sets with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet? I don't know. I just, I, I'm more worried about the stunt in the offense that is the Bears. But David Montgomery being out there gives an opportunity to pass. So you know what? You know, early on, it's probably a pretty solid bet if you can get a cheaper share of Anthony Miller.
1: That's right. Uh, I think that's uh, solid advice. Hey, so I know you, you're doing a lot of stuff. You mentioned that you've got your Patreon. You, you know, you do a lot of podcasts. You wrote uh, you wrote for the baseball version of the Black Book uh, and Bogman did for the football version. Anything else that you'd like to promote?
2: Um, I mean, you know, you can check us out, uh, at in this league.com that will just take you directly to the Patreon. That's kind of the big, uh, the big one we do, you know, we do like comedy shows, we do live streams. Um, that's kind of the big life force. You know, we're an independent podcast. That, that was the funny thing when the baseball, uh, podcast tournament was going on. It was like this independent prospect podcast was up with, you know, the, the really great RotoWire, and I've got a lot of you know friends over there and, you know, Jeff, we've spent time together in, uh, the Arizona fall league for yeah. years playing poker games and, you know, we know each other and, you know, a, a lot of that good stuff is going on. But ultimately, you know, Bogman and I, we are independent. We don't have a, you know, we don't have a mothership. So we kind of, you know, go to the beat of our own drum. That's how we approach things. But if people want to check it out, we got lots of cool stuff. We built a really solid Patreon for years. That's the big thing. Other than that, like it's like you said, I got a lot of stuff going on. My Twitter handle is at the Welsh. I'll kind of point you in all the directions. We do goofy parody stuff. We do video things. Uh, we are all over the board. We're just here to entertain and hopefully help. So other than that, just check out the stuff, support podcasts, support other podcasts too. support, um, your favorite podcasts, get them all locked in, subscribe. And if they got merch or things to do, I highly suggest in a weird time, like right now, I'd love for you to support us, but you know, don't be afraid to sign up with rotowire. It's not expensive and you know, go get some fantasy shirts or something like that. Just support the fantasy industry. Cause it yep. definitely, it definitely could use it. That's right. That's absolutely right. I'm doing one league.
1: I want to promote real quick. It's the pros with Joe's league. Uh, Eric Romoff is putting this together, and uh, he's at Fantasy Nav, and he's doing this where he's sending a series of leagues, and people can bid to play with us, people in the fantasy community, we're all supporting various causes. I'm doing the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. My mom survived uh, cerebral aneurysm, so it's kind of a cause that, you know, I got to pick a cause for that. Go to go.rallyup.com slash Erickson. If you want to bid on that, um, and hopefully you do, it's, it's a fun league. So check that out as well. I want to thank all of our sponsors today. A lot of good stuff. Uh, the Welsh, thank you so much. I, this was a lot of fun. We could have talked for two hours, but the man oh, totally. totally. We
2: Yeah, we could have done a lot more damage for sure. But no, Jeff, seriously, thank you for thinking of me. I'm a, I say it anytime I ever guest anywhere. I just appreciate whenever I'm a thought in someone's mind, and hopefully people got something out of it, whether it's entertainment or some good knowledge. But uh, thank you for having me on.
1: Anytime. We'll do this again soon. We'll do it for baseball too. Let's do it. All right.
2: Thank you again, uh,
1: Diane Owner, for sponsoring us. Uh, coming up, we've got uh, Mario and John McKechnie tomorrow, so t- make sure to tune in for that as well. Thanks for listening to Roto-Wire.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.